Welcome to the Health Detective Podcast by FDN Thrive. We interview people who have dealt with the trickiest of health challenges, but eventually learn to get well and stay well naturally. Now it's time to hear from one of our detectives and learn how another health issue has been solved. We hope you enjoy the show. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Health Detective Podcast by FDN Thrive. My name is Evan Transu, a.k.a. Detective Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. Okay, we have a bit of an interesting one here because we are doing the first ever live and in-person episode of the Health Detective Podcast. I am really fortunate to have some amazing holistic and functional practitioners that are in my local area. And I wanted to make sure to eventually get at least a few of them on. Uh, Today, we're going to talk to my friend Anna, who is a holistic esthetician. And she's someone who has a background in herbalism, macrobiotics. Uh, She graduated from the Institute of Integrative Nutrition at like 18. And it was just so cool to have met her because we met after the age of 18. And I went through IIN really young as well. And so we hit it off on that for sure. But Anne was someone who found this completely on her own. Her mom is, as Anne describes, a total hippie. (laughs) And so her mom was always into like the organic food and just really doing things from a natural perspective. Her and her sisters and her brother were homeschooled. And so she was always a very independent thinker, kind of doing her own thing. And that's how she got into this stuff. So she knows a lot more than the average person, especially given uh, the age. I mean, she knows incredibly more than the average 20-something. Now, with that all said, we did take a more conversational approach today. It was something that it was more of a back and forth as opposed to an interview. So if you guys like that, let us know. And the best way to communicate with us, even though this is not even close to the podcast platform that we're most downloaded on, Apple and Spotify are by far the top two. I think that makes up 68% of our downloads currently at the time of recording this. But the best way to communicate with us is where we distribute from, which is a platform called Podbean. So you want to search for the Health Detective Podcast on Podbean, and then you can leave a comment. I'll get back to you personally, and we will make sure to get your question answered or comment in this case, just letting us know if this is a type of podcast that you like. But speaking of Podbean comments, we do have a question on there and I want to address it publicly here on the podcast. I already addressed it for this person um, on there. Now they have a username that is not (laughs) pronounceable. It's just a bunch of random letters it seems. (laughs) So I'll just read their question. And their question was, well they said awesome episode. They're referring to 89. So check episode 89 out if you haven't already. Awesome episode. Which blue light blocking glasses would you recommend? Oh, my friend, I'm so glad you asked because I am the person for that question. I'm a huge blue light blocking glasses nerd. And um, I was definitely someone who has been doing this for a while. I don't want to say before it became trendy because it's like, is it really a trend? It's only a trend in our space, right? Like very few people actually do this. So I don't want to say that. But my point is, I think I've been using them long enough, like several years now, to hopefully have filtered through some of the junk science and junk stuff that's out there. So the blue light blocking glasses that I recommend, this all depends on what you meant by that. Whether this person meant daytime or nighttime is kind of irrelevant for uh, the brand recommendation, but I will explain the differences there really briefly and then the recommendations. So for daytime, you are going to want to get the yellow lenses if you're working on a computer or artificial light. And the reason you want the yellow lenses and people get so funny with this, they're like, oh, I have these clear lens ones and they block blue light. Guys, 
This is physics. You can't block all of the blue light with a clear lens. It doesn't work that way. And most of the time, those lenses are actually fake. They don't really block anything, which kind of sucks. But you'll know if they're kind of real because they will have a very slight purple tint. You might only be able to see the purple tint uh, from the outside. Like if you're looking at someone wearing the glasses or if you flip the glasses around, you'll kind of see that. So if you see that, congratulations, you blocked all of like, you know, 10 to 20 percent of blue light and it might help with eye strain it might help with the glare from a computer maybe if you're lucky it'll help with headaches if you get those from that so that's cool not condemning those but there is a better way to do it and the yellow lenses are really what we should be using with artificial lights because that'll block upwards of 30 to 50 percent and yes you do need them to have that yellow tint to do that now those are for daytime both of them the red ones are what you need for nighttime. You cannot block anywhere near close to what you need to block with just the clear yellow lenses. And we already said this, right? Because I just told you it's about 10 to 20%, if you're lucky on the 20%, with the clear lenses with the purple tint, and maybe about 30 to 50% with the yellow tint. To get into that 90 range, which is what you need, you need red lenses. And it's not just blue light. And that's why I'm very careful about the companies that we recommend because you got to have people that actually know this and care about this. It's not just blue light. It's a very small part of the green light um, as well that is going to stimulate the body into waking up, getting going, all those types of things. So you actually want glasses that are going to block between 400 and 550 nanometer wavelengths. And two companies I know for sure do that. We are not affiliated with these guys. One is Blue Blocks, it's B-L-U, B-L-O-X.com. And then the other is Ra Optics, and that's R-A Optics.com. I don't know why I couldn't just spell the word optics, but it is optics, and I swear I do know how to spell it. Both of those brands are great. The one thing I would say, uh, just to give objective feedback here, Blue Blocks is generally a little cheaper. Blue Blocks is also based out of Australia. We don't have a particularly high listener count in Australia, and I do know there's a lot of shipping issues at the time of recording this. So it's already usually a two to three week wait. You're gonna be waiting a little bit probably if you order from there, so just a heads up. Now, Raw Optics is really cool because that uh, guy that started that, first of all, super young, he's younger than me. And he knows his stuff. We're actually hoping to have him on the podcast one day. And he is someone who is based out of Philadelphia. Now, he doesn't live there anymore, but he grew up only, I think, like 45, 50 minutes from me. So I always thought that was really interesting to know that he was also into this stuff at this level. But less selection, generally a little more expensive, but you can probably get these a lot quicker. Either way, you have two phenomenal brands that are testing their lenses with something called a spectrometer. A spectrometer actually matters because you need to know if the lenses are good. It's very common in this world, unfortunately, of blue light blocking glasses. And that's why I said the majority of the clear ones are actually kind of fake sometimes. If you're just dumping this from some random foreign country and you're not checking these, you're going to get duds all the time that don't block anywhere near what they're supposed to block. So you need to make sure that you're getting reputable companies' glasses. I am not saying that Blue Blocks or Raw Optics are the only reputable companies out there, but at this time, they are the ones that I know for sure are good. I do believe there is one called uh, Lucia Eyes, Lucia, 
So it's definitely L-U-C-I-A somewhere in there. So feel free to search for those as well. I know that those are reputable. I just don't know their pricing. I don't know their style. I don't know their selection. So I wish we had some cool affiliate code for you guys. Wouldn't it be awesome if one of these people came on and gave us one for you? <laughs> so little shout out there. Hopefully I'm just trying to get some cool glasses. But without further ado, let's get to today's episode, which again is a conversation between myself and my great friend, Anne, who has a huge background in holistic health. We hope you guys like it. I've noticed that a lot of times the people that are eating the really crappy diets are not the ones that can hold the tan properly and they're the ones that are burning. And then you combine that with that type of sunscreen. I don't know. It's hard being an esthetician because I <laughs> people are Struggle, always man. like they like drill it into you to wear sunscreen all the time. And I really just don't think it's good. I think we've lost our like you said, we've lost our connection to the sun. We've lost that. We're afraid of it now, but it's the thing that provides life for everyone. All right. Well, hello there, and welcome to the Health Detective Podcast by FDN Thrive. How the heck are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm excited to be here. I'm very excited as well. <laughs> for those listening, you might be like, wow, that quality sounded pretty good. And it is because we are privileged enough to be doing the first live episode of the Health Detective Podcast. And I don't mean live in the sense of that these interviews aren't always live. They are. But we're grabbing people from California. We're grabbing people from the UK. We have people all around the world. But this is actually a local friend of mine who is very well versed in health stuff and especially what we're going to talk about today with kind of light and how it relates to multiple things. So it's not necessarily going to be an interview per se. It's more going to be a conversational thing going back and forth. And I think that's going to be super fun. What do you think? I think we always have fun. So I'm ready. Okay. So am I because wow, it was, um, we can't even begin to tell you guys the journey we went through <laughs> to get this damn podcast going. Oh my God. Everyone better appreciate yeah. Our hard work. Like, I'm well, exhausted. Evan's hard work. I didn't do anything. <laughs> I was just like, I have no idea what we're going to do here. It was mentally exhausting, though, so I'll give you mm-hmm. that. Okay, cool. Well, definitely, even if it's not an interview, I still want to talk a little bit about your health background. I think that makes sense to kind of mm-hmm. get this thing started. So, all right, audience heard in the bio some of the cool stuff that you've done. And Anna and I met. It was so funny because we were both really young and we were kind of in a niche thing. A lot of you guys have heard of the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. I know that's mm-hmm. super common in our world. And we had both went there, pr- I mean, what, prior to the age of like 21 or 22, I think. Yeah, I was about, I would say 18. Wow, okay. 18, and you found going that into a- 19, I started doing nice, that. Nice, nice. Yeah. And you found that on your own. Yeah. That's that homeschooled life, man. I've, there's so many people on <laughs> yes. here that would appreciate that. Like, yeah. you know, you have a homeschooled person that actually thinks for themselves and finds their own passions. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So cool. What even drew you into health to begin with? Like, how did you get into that? Um, I definitely would say I've always been interested in health since I was a little kid. I've always mm-hmm. been a very nature girl, um, very into making my own products and stuff. That probably started when I was, I would say maybe like... 10 I was really getting into stuff like that but I was kind of well I mean I grew up my mom was a hippie um you know she was really into organic food and really healthy lifestyle for kids and all of that so I think I just grew up in a household that really loved things like that and they really promoted that as a really good lifestyle so then in general I just you know I'm a bookworm I love reading and um I would just read and read and read about anything I could really get my hands on and especially natural health and wellness and anything to do with you know beauty routines and things like that cool really enjoyed that so awesome well yeah and I always um it's always interesting to find the influences that led people to this because I think you have a mix of both the most common one I hear actually is not a family influence or a friend influence it's an intuition more or less it's this gut feeling Mm -hmm. that what they're being told by their doctor or whatever doesn't make sense and i know that you've certainly dealt with your own health challenges where this is a little different than 
most people that come on is, I mean, we have people, it's some serious stuff. It's mm-hmm. cancer sometimes, it's 10 years, 15 years of autoimmunity. Mm-hmm. So certainly, thankfully, you never had to deal with anything like that. But I know that you had your own health challenges that we kind of share. So what were some of the things that even though you were doing all this stuff, mom's a hippie, you're eating organic, mm-hmm. what were some of the health complaints that maybe came up um, when you were younger? Um, I would definitely say the most memorable thing in, I guess you'd call it my journey mm-hmm. of health and all of that is I had really bad skin problems, mm-hmm. not even just acne, just like hives, itching. Okay. I didn't um, even know that, I don't think. Yeah. I don't know. It never was as bad as just the acne portion of it, but then also struggling with scarring and... Um, you know, you feel, it sounds so silly, but you feel so depressed when your skin, especially, right. you know, I was what, teenager. So from my skin probably started getting really bad when I was about 18. So you're technically still a teenager. And you know, all my friends had perfectly clear skin. I mean, a lot of people would go on the pill and stuff and they clears everything up and I wasn't allowed to be on that. So I kind of had to start looking for other alternatives and dealing with it. And that's sure. kind of how I really got into the details of, you know, reading on everything I could to possibly heal my skin because nothing was working and it was driving me insane and yeah. I'm sure anybody else who struggled with that I mean you struggle with that mm-hmm. so you know how sure. frustrating that is yeah and I think it's so weird because we can do a whole podcast on that alone right because it's one of those <laughs> yeah. things where and this is true with any of these chronic diseases or cancers or things that people come on with mm-hmm. there is the general empathy that can be had from just dealing with a chronic issue mm-hmm. but then there's like the specific empathy like most people it, let's say you have i don't know prostate cancer you're not going to be knowing about the idea of checking the mirror 100 times a day only to see the exact same things that you've already mm-hmm. seen another 99 times right it's like mm-hmm. obsessive it mm-hmm. becomes obsessive and it's so obvious to everyone that's the thing you never get a psychological break because you know it all times if you're interacting with people you don't want to do that and i have to be conscious to this day still because um people know my story on here i've shared it many times um even in like a solo episode type of thing Mm -hmm. but one of the things with skin stuff is like that's like my weak link in the chain so the way i approach things if i screw up really bad or i do something stupid i can get a breakout right and i've had to learn to really separate the idea of one or two breakouts from the devastation I was having when I was a kid Mm -hmm. Um, and it was right now you know we're doing this live I did a little sauna thing recently I probably did not do this right because I'm trying to detox (laughs) and but my skin though I have to approach a sauna differently than most people I think because what it did was immediately accumulate stuff under the skin Mm -hmm. and it created rather large things Mm -hmm. so my mind though wants to go back in the past but oh my god I can't go out I can't do anything right now it's like dude you have like two breakouts bro like Mm -hmm. you're good like that's like the majority of America. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, also it is hard once that you have your skin under control, I should say, or you've shifted it to a place where it's where it is healthy and you mm-hmm. aren't getting breakouts and you feel really good about the way your face looks. It is kind of you almost take it to that detrimental place where yes. you're like, "Oh my god, my face looks terrible." And it doesn't. But we're also conditioned in today's society that like everything is supposed to be very blurred and picture perfect and look a very specific way. Um and it's like the beauty standard stuff and I right. just think that in general you're just kind of taught to pick and kind of poke at yourself and see where all your little flaws are, even though it's the tiniest little thing. Yeah. It doesn't even matter. It's all fake. Mm-hmm. It, I always say social media, and I do this with like the kids in the schools and stuff. I say it's a highlight reel of our lives that it isn't is. even real because we edit it to look a little better than it mm-hmm. actually is. And none of us are going to post the bad stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's remarkable how sometimes yeah, you finally... because I mean, you do this too. Like I'm pretty connected on social. I've met many people through social media, actually. Mm-hmm. And this isn't to condemn them at all. I mean, it, we all do this. But you think they're just like wow 10 out of 10 person and then you meet them and you're like okay you're imperfect as well right like (laughs) there's not that many perfect people running around (laughs) and then there's just 
the very few rare specimens, men and female, that um, we're just totally jealous of, you know? But they're like one in a million, so that's good news for the rest of us. Well, yeah, I mean, but even those people, I mean, you can take celebrities as a perfect example. Mm -hmm. Even back before we had social media and stuff, you would look at them, and then you see a paparazzi picture of them, and they just look completely different. (laughs) Sure, sure. But it's so helpful because you think, oh, okay, I know that this person is just human, just like me, and they have the same things. Yeah. And it is kind of funny because I'm an esthetician, so people will come to me and they'll want these kind of new age type things. I work at a spa that's very, um, it's kind of like a heal with your hands type idea. We don't use a lot of crazy newfound gadgets and treatments and things, which is fine. But um, a lot of people will come in and be like, can you get rid of all my wrinkles in one session? I'm like, well, (laughs) no, but we can do things that can heal the skin holistically in a way that you will see a difference. But I think now everything is all about just kind of like quickness and instant gratification that's so true especially with the skin listen if you're trying to pursue healing this naturally which i think is a very worthy ideal Mm -hmm. you're in this for the long run it's Mm -hmm. not going to happen in a month Mm -hmm. honestly the only way i do know this and i'm not suggesting this it's not medical advice if someone did an extended fast water fast for seven to ten days i've heard things in the forums i've seen people document it Mm -hmm. no it does work because you're getting yourself into such a deep state of autophagy it will after like day three or four start going after the cysts it's going to start going after that stuff and yeah yeah, no, you do that for seven to 10 days, you can make a radical change in someone's um, skin by doing that. But that's just so impractical for most. I mean, who the heck's going to do that? And again, I'm certainly not advising anyone to do that. That can be dangerous depending on your metabolic health and how you re-implement food after you do a seven to 10 day fast. So you got to be careful. And again, most people would take a few pimples over <laughs> doing yeah. that, you know? Well, and it's definitely a balance of both. I mean, I think we live in a in the, the age of today, especially that I see being an esthetician, especially with skincare in general, just plain old skincare. I mean, that has completely changed even since I was younger. And that's not like I would say probably even in 10 years, the way that the skincare community has changed so much is insane. I mean, I've even seen people, they come in and they tell me what they do to their face. And I'm just like, oh, my God your skin is so smart and your body's smart and a lot of times it's a balance of external and internal factors Mm -hmm. and a lot of times people are just slathering stuff on their faces and not making it any better because they're not addressing okay what are you eating are you sleeping are you depressed are you struggling with anxiety like are you eating organic things like that yeah a lot of times people don't even ask those questions um and they're just going to the store and buying whatever you know tiktok or instagram is telling them to buy <laughs> and it's like that's so true it is true it's it's kind of scary i mean i've seen some of the trends and stuff that people are doing and i'm just i i don't know what's going on and yeah. i mean i went to school for seven months to be an esthetician and even then i mean you know you're not allowed to give nutritional advice or anything like that but so much of what happens on the face is internal and it's, right. it goes back to your food especially a lot of it well and emotion I, th- I think those anecdotal experiences with the seven to ta- uh, seven to ten day water fasts are almost proof that <clears throat> to some degree it could be argued that it's inherently internal because if mm-hmm. i can if i have the worst case and i go out and do that and it works every time and i have again i've seen people do this they didn't even do water fast technically they actually had some food with it and it bam completely clears them up it's mm-hmm. like okay well was this ever an external problem then or was it mm-hmm. purely internal now i'm not saying throw a bunch of oil on your face and have that happen but i think you would probably be able to mm-hmm. speak on this better anyway i feel like there's certain <clears throat> genetic factors which are not fates they're not ultimatums Mm -hmm. but 
I feel like even just like the skin turnover or cell turnover, I've heard about certain things with that on the face. Yeah. Um, because again, like when I go to the sauna, you know, some people that'd be an amazing thing for their acne, even if they didn't go home and shower for like an hour, they still help them out. For me, it just immediately accumulates. I got to probably go out and literally walk to the shower in the gym the second I'm done. So what do you think? Like, is there truth behind that? What do you think about that with like the cell turnover thing? Are you familiar with what I'm talking about? Yeah. And you just mean, you know, certain experiences and certain climates almost can bring out different things in Sure, skin sure. as well like with the sauna I mean I have an experience um, like a personal example I should say of I used to do I used to work out and lift and do hit workouts like all the time and I would get these programs and this girl would do hit workouts like five days in a row and I was like okay well I'm gonna do that because she's really in shape and blah blah but to me when I'm working working out at that high level of intensity three four days in a row even for me personally that inflames my skin because of my body type and my constitution and however i'm made up oh. i do better with low impact um exercises like walking and yoga and very relaxing things for myself sure. and every and that every once in a while is fine but for me i've even noticed the same thing like if i'm bringing a lot of heat into my body which is that whether that's like from really being in high heat for a long time and sweating i mean that or doing a different type of workout that definitely is something hmm. that i see a lot of people i always tell clients if they're like okay well i go to the gym every day and um i'm struggling with wrinkles and breakouts i'm like okay well first of all if you are going to the gym every day and you're underweight a lot of women they're underweight because they work out so much naturally your skin will sag you don't have any muscle tone or right, fat right. to kind of boost the skin hmm. so that's one thing I do tell people. I mean, I don't, it's hard to say that to somebody, but I do tell people like, hey, if you're working out a lot, you're not gonna have as much volume in your face because if you are older and you've lost that elastin and collagen naturally, um, then when you don't have any excess weight on top of that, that can cause sagging. And it's sure. the same thing with acne. If you're really active and your metabolism's going and you're not eating enough and you're bringing all this heat into your body, um, you can also get rashes and breakouts from working out. It's it's literally, it's so crazy that there's yeah. so many different ways to look at the skin and people don't even think about it. And I had to do that for myself. I had to think, okay, well, working out's good for you, but that type of working out for me at that amount of time every day. No bueno. No bueno. <laughs> it was not good. Yeah, I think, well, first of all, that's great insight. Thank you. But um, the other thing is too, I just... I would never condemn someone for using these harsh cleansers even because they're trying to get relief. That's why I wouldn't condemn mm -hmm. it. Absolutely. But it's when we start getting into this crazy stuff too and no other options ever been considered. Like we're talking Accutane. We're talking about months of antibiotics on end. I'm like, oh my goodness. And there's such an irony with some of this stuff. The fact that the antibiotics are even working for your acne to some degree, doesn't that tell you that it's a little more than uh, whatever? Is it salicylic acid? Salicylic acid. Salicylic acid. Mm -hmm. um, see, the, how funny is that? And I'm not making a joke out of it. I'm being serious. I'm a kid or I was a kid who used that probably for 10 years straight. I can't even pronounce the ingredient. I didn't. Mm -hmm. I, that wasn't just like me messing up. I literally mm -hmm. didn't know that's what it was called. And yeah. that's what we're doing now. You know, yeah. it's completely not thinking about the problem. And then, um, yeah, I don't think it's a deficiency in that thing. I don't think it's a deficiency in that. <laughs> I think there's something more going on. Um, I knew you and I would, holy crap, we're gonna have to do like a part two of this. This is already just stacking up. <laughs> yeah. so we're talking about light today, guys, but I'll make yeah. the title skin health as well. We got to throw it in there. That's it's okay. fine. We're kind of just getting, we're doing a full circle. We're yeah, going okay. all, we're going all over and around. It's fine. That's 
typically how our five-hour conversations go. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So let's get into the light stuff for sure. And I'd love to start with uh, you if you want to with this, because mm-hmm. light is a topic I'm super passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like <laughs> low-key, <laughs> like definitely known in my local circle for sure as like just a guy that's always doing the stuff with light, whether it's mm-hmm. the, you know, midsummer sunshine, vitamin D being very calculated with that. Certainly sunrise. I think that's like something people yes. think of ev- <laughs> about with well, those words it's were not in order, Ev but you know what I mean. Of yes. Ev. It's like Coach Ever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I'm actually Detective Ev on this podcast. I'm not joking. Oh, really? Yes, I am oh, Detective Ev. My apologies. Oh, that is Detective that's Ev. quite all right. It's just, that's you know, fine. the audience would be rather confused. I can't keep up with all the names. <laughs> yeah, my that alter, we've accumulated like over the five, years. Five, six alter egos. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know what name we're on at this point. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> that's funny. But, okay, cool. So, light and the skin. What do you know about it? How does it work? And I think this is really important coming from someone with your credentials and knowing what you're talking about with this. Well, so we can actually tie it in with what you were talking about with like harsh cleansers and products. I mean, it's hard because as an esthetician, especially in school, you're taught about the importance of SPF. And like, I really hate the way that sunscreen is marketed towards people, especially young women, especially women in general. Um, They do it in a way where they're like, if you do not wear sunscreen, you are going to literally look like a wrinkled old raisin that is so undesirable and awful. And I just think it's terrible. Um, And it also blocks our vitamin D. So they're actually seeing such a significant decrease in vitamin D in a lot of adults nowadays. As you know, a lot of it has to do with our, or I guess I should say one side of it has to do with our society and the beauty industry and how they actually scare people. And I'm, I hate to say it, a lot of dermatologists actually scare the crap out of people. They make it as if if one ray touches your face, you're going to explode. And it's just not correct. I mean, there's been so many benefits from the sun directly in general and all types of forms, not just the skin. But one of the main things that I have a problem with is the way that we put our sunscreen on in general and the what is in our sunscreen. Because to me, I just think it's silly. There's two different types of sunscreens. There's the mineral sunscreen, which is a blocking sunscreen that's gonna physically block the sun's rays. That's stuff like zinc is one of the most basic um, examples of that. Sorry to these are the more like, I feel like the mineral-based ones are usually marketed as more natural, correct? They are. Okay. Because it is natural. It's okay. basically just zinc. Um, and then, you know, people get even more natural and do, like, the uncoated non-nano zinc, which is great. But, um, so that's like a, that would, that'd be something that if you are looking into doing more natural sun care and you do want to continue to use sunscreen, that's absolutely fine. I always recommend that to everyone that I see. I always tell people to go for mineral um, because all of the chemical sunscreens um they are absorbers Mm -hmm. so it's kind of funny when you actually think about it you're taking the sun's rays they're being absorbed into the body and into you know like all those chemicals are in your bloodstream because i did not know that so that is not blocking no it's absorbing okay i did not know that it's not a physical block always love learning stuff man (laughs) it's not and i mean that's what they say so you know they talk about the physicals are the minerals and then the the rays that get absorbed into your skin along with that sunscreen, the chemical Mm -hmm. absorbers, it's going directly into your bloodstream. I'm pretty sure Neutrogena and Aveeno this past summer actually recalled a few of their sunscreens for having, um, I want to say it's called benzene in it, which has been directly linked to. um, Isn't benzene the thing in gasoline? 
I'm not sure, but I wouldn't be surprised. Okay, I feel like in Dr. Tom O'Brien's book, You Can Heal Your Brain, he talks about how benzene... When it, we're, I hope we're not completely talking out of our butts right now. <laughs> like, no, yeah. I, no, I mean, this is just one example. I mean, this was um, this was everywhere for like a couple... A month a month or two, I think. I okay. mean, this was in the middle of summer. Um, but yeah, they were saying that basically, I mean, a lot of the chemicals... I'm sorry. Uh, benzene is a mixture of liquid hydrocarbons obtained from petroleum. Yeah, petroleum, which, you know, we also tell everybody to slather that all over their face, too, which yeah, is great. that seems um, reasonable. Yep. Uh, Vaseline, that is petroleum-derived, so that's great. But, <laughs> so, you're putting these chemicals on your body, they're absorbing the, the heat, and a lot of them are actually heat-activated chemicals, so that doesn't seem to make any sense. I mean, you're putting a heat-activated chemical on your body that directly reacts with the sun, and then they think that something good's going to come out of that. Um but it's been linked to blood problems and leukemia and wow. yeah so that got recalled and then of course they always come out and say well we don't want you to stop wearing sunscreen we just want you know it's like a it's like if one car model goes wrong you're just not going to continue to you're not going to stop buying your car it's like well no but this is a little different i mean this is something that's supposed to be tried and true that's been on the market for years um and I think it's going to continue to be that way, that they're just going to keep taking chemical sunscreens off the shelves and recalling them and then fixing them and putting them back. Wow. Okay. So this is interesting. We're really mi- just so it, for accuracy no, no. Go, here, go. we're really mixing some stuff up because you're correct that it's also called benzene. I'm correct that there's a benzene from um, gasoline, petroleum type of stuff. It is not the same thing. Um, benzene, because you were right about the recalls too. Neutrogena, mm-hmm. Aveeno um, were recalled for their aerosol sunscreen products due to the presence of benzene. So the one that we're talking about is B-E-N-Z-E-N-E and the one I was referring to is B-E-N-Z-I-N-E. Isn't that scary and crazy that it's mm-hmm. actually so... If we never corrected that, it'd be so believable that these people were using or these companies i should say were using these types of chemicals in the sunscreen no one think twice about that because i mean we're even so if used it's petroleum it. or petroleum derived mm-hmm. i mean they still do that in skincare got they it put, okay they put cow pee in your skincare that's horrifying yeah. um the other benzene <laughs> the benzene that got recalled is a chemical that is a colorless or light yellow liquid at room temperature it has a sweet odor and is highly flammable that sounds horrifying uh, benzene evaporates into the air very quickly its vapor is heavier than air and may sink into low-lying areas so this is just i mean there's way too much chemistry on here for mm-hmm. uh, this podcast but yeah that just seems um mm-hmm. but the perfect example i mean they're using these chemicals that i mean that's a chemical that's going to allow that type of sunscreen to spray and evenly coat your whole body and then you're gonna bake with that mm-hmm. in the sun for hours so stupid and it's interesting a lot of people actually who still wear sunscreen still get sunburn and one of the problems and this goes back to kind of natural cues from your body we were talking about earlier just like kind of figuring out what your body needs um i mean literally your body has a mechanism built in to tell you if you're getting too much sun which is a sunburn but the problem is people are putting on all these sunscreens and they're staying out in the sun way longer than they should ever be and a lot of people you know they're which we can talk about in a second because yeah. i know you talk about um exposing your body to light and when to start and how long to do it for but these people don't do that they go out into the sun in the middle of summer and they probably don't even live near a beach or anywhere no. where they're getting sun. And then they go wear a bikini and then they're out and they have this toxic sunscreen on that's not letting them know when they're actually getting properly burned. It's probably an aftermath of like it's you're in the sun for way too long and then it's an aftermath and then you're a lobster and then you're like, oh, well, 
I don't know why I got burned. It's like, well, I can't imagine why. <laughs> yeah. I have sounds good to me. Right. And yeah, no, so that's really interesting because that's where you and I definitely mix on this. Um, because I'm, I'll be curious, I'll have a question about the sunscreen thing in a second. Mm-hmm. But for me, I mean, you and I are both Caucasian people, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I get tan in the summer. You certainly get tan in the summer. Mm-hmm. But guys, you have to, the just, um, the image that you described of this classic type of thing yeah this woman who's probably working in an office or whatever she goes to the beach finally in the bikini and now it's like you know i haven't been outside all mm-hmm. year really exactly and now all of a sudden i'm exposing myself to the strongest sun of the year at the beach mm-hmm. and what one of the issues is we've lost our relationship with sunlight mm-hmm. and the transitional period so last year during the pandemic i camped for like over 60 days and i know i was just doing some fun stuff like i wanted to do stuff that i i wanted to do anyway but i never had the time to practically just camp outside and you know (laughs) spend three hours outside in the morning and i did this in like june of uh, 2020 and when i would do that i'd be out there and i know stuff about light so i hope it doesn't sound too far out to anyone that's listening i feel like we're all far out here but i mean i was just sitting out there like in my boxers i would do normal work and i would allow that early morning light before the uvb can actually penetrate the atmosphere Mm -hmm. to hit my skin Mm -hmm. and then what was happening was i did have a limit on how tan i could get it's not like i got super tan like Mm -hmm. you know um you know someone who was actually from like africa or something like south america right i couldn't get there but it was unbelievable how long by the middle of that summer i could sit out in the midday sun and be totally fine Mm -hmm. it got to the point where i just started testing it and experimenting on myself because i was like wow i um i use an app called d minder by the way you guys got to get that it's free and it will show you how much uv light or uvb rather is available in your area what the uv index is at very specific times and then you can click start and based on your skin type which they teach you how to identify you'll know how long you can be out exposed to that sun and one time i think i like fell asleep or something and i it was i was just like relaxing you know mm-hmm. and i went like 10 minutes over I was like, okay, this thing used to be pretty sensitive. Like it would be to the minute for me. And then if I messed up a couple minutes after that, I was, I was done, but nothing happened. It's like, okay. So then I come out the next day and I'm like pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. And I really couldn't find, I mean, it would have had to be multiple hours that even though I am a a Caucasian person, I'm out there in the strongest sun, July UV index is like 11 or 12 most days. Mm -hmm. And I'm just not burning. I would just get tanner. And I burn easily, usually. Mm-hmm. I would just get tanner. I felt good. It was very kind of uh, interesting. So my question that I want to throw back at you, though, is, of course, there's going to be someone initially saying, well, oh, my God, I need the uh, sunscreen because otherwise I'm going to get cancer, which is ironic because you're basically just trading a cancer for another cancer, right? Because you're going to mm-hmm. get that probably yeah. from the damn sunscreen anyway. But what is your honest advice? Because it sounds like you're kind of resistant to the sunscreen, but I know you're not stupid in telling people to burn either. So what Mm -hmm. is your solution? I would definitely say that whatever, um, basically kind of going back to what you just said, I think it's important to start your exposure early and um, start it in small doses. And I mean, I've been guilty of this as well. You get excited. You're like, oh my gosh, the sun's out. And then you want to go outside and you want to sit there and you know, you want to sit there for as long as possible because you're like, it feels so nice. Um, That I would say is number one, you know, slow, um, gentle exposure. Um, And what I do too is if I start getting a little red or pink, not red, pink, um, I just, I either go in shade or I just put on like a long sleeve, like light cotton shirt and a half. Wow. What a concept. <laughs> Groundbreaking. And exactly. And um, that, and then also I have seen a difference um, in even the way that I eat. I mean, if you're eating 
really well organic high antioxidant diet um that's also high in fat which is at least that is something that has worked so well for me if i'm eating a really high you know good healthy fat non rancid you know omega what is it omega-6 omega well yeah for a second okay we are back please continue what was I saying? Oh, you know, like when people are eating just like really crappy vegetable oils, not like those types of fats. I'm talking about like, you know, avocados and fish and, you know, high quality meat and all that, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's just you. I mean, I just noticed that the people that are eating the really highly processed um, rancid diets are the ones that cannot hold a tan. And unless it's extremely genetic that they tan really well like i have friends that i mean you know they live in jersey all year they go to the beach all year they don't eat like an amazing diet but they just naturally you know they're italian they get super dark sure which is sometimes that happens but I, for people like you and i who are very fair i've noticed that a lot of times the people that are eating the really crappy diets are not the ones that can hold the tan properly yep. and they're the ones that are burning and then you combine that with that type of sunscreen I don't know. I, it's hard being an esthetician because I people are <laughs> always like, man. they just, you know, they like drill it into you to wear sunscreen all the time. And I really just don't think it's good. I think we've lost our, like you said, we've lost our connection to the sun. We've lost that. We're afraid of it now, but it's the thing that provides life for everyone. Sure. And people are, I mean, there's so many things here to jump off of. People are so scared, of course, like, oh, well, I don't want my skin to wrinkle. It's like, okay, well, one, if God forbid you got some wrinkles, but you got extra health benefits, I don't know that I would make that my main priority but that's not even the point mm -mm. the point is since people aren't getting exposed to that early morning light and the late evening light where there's an abundance of red light and very little to no uvb guys people go to dermatologist office right now to get red light therapy this is be i mean you've seen this probably i know you said that you don't have newer technologies but this is becoming a thing in your world oh, right yeah. where people are using this mm -hmm. it's like hello the original red light therapy was the dang sun mm -hmm. right like go out and get it i personally think that i mean I saw this article the one day. It was so funny. I mean, it didn't have any science backing it, but to me, it makes so much sense. I mean, I feel like if anything, your freaking screens are going to mess with your skin more. You can actually have skin problems from looking at your phone too much. Yep. Well, there's... Or a computer screen too much. A lot of people that sit in artificial lighting, looking at an artificial blue light screen, mm -hmm. actually, they can have a higher... Um, risk of melanoma than someone who works outside. I, well, okay, I'm actually familiar with the study that you're talking about. I feel like I can't speak about it off the cuff, so I'll be careful. Mm -hmm. But I have seen what you're saying. I mm -hmm. do know what you mean. Mm -hmm. And I know one of the problems with blue light, like in the eyes, it liberates vitamin A. Mm -hmm. Now, vitamin A, as anyone in your field knows, and maybe uh, even many listeners would know, this is so important for skin. A lot of vitamin A derivatives are some of the most effective acne treatments that have ever existed. The mm -hmm. Accutane, isotretinoin is a vitamin A derivative, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. um, what's the one? Retinol? Tretinoin? Is tretinoin the brand name of retinol? Um, you know, it's I retin -A, think... Retin-A. Yeah, Retin-A. Okay. You're looking for Retin-A. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it's literally the topical equivalent of Accutane in so much as it is a vitamin A derivative. We know this works on that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so I always thought that was cool. And it is cool. Yeah, no one it talks is, about that. Well, it is interesting too because Accutane, it's a very synthetic version of vitamin A. Mm -hmm. So that's why there's a lot of side effects. A lot of vitamin A can, like too much vitamin A can do damage on the body, even though it's good for you in certain doses. Um, it is something you have to be careful with. Even natural forms of vitamin A, they always tell you, they're like, just be careful. You don't want too much. Um, but yeah, I mean, people don't, 
people don't know what they're saying right and so one thing that should be specified for people is it also depends on the form that it's coming in Mm -hmm. um because if it is vitamin a i think it's vitamin a as retinol does that make sense Mm -hmm. okay yes if it is vitamin a as retinol that's when you can actually get so much of this in your body that it can become toxic. The beta carotene, if you you could eat almost unlimited amounts of that yes. and be totally fine, it'd yes. be astronomical. I don't even know if it's possible. But the thing is, and this is what something people need to consider, again, not medical advice, just throwing something out there. If you eat organ meats, specifically things like beef liver, mm-hmm. there is enough vitamin A in that, in that form, that if you ate like a couple pounds every single day, you would eventually get vitamin A toxicity. Mm-hmm. Now you're also getting an abundance of other nutrients. You're getting uh, obviously um, like a real food instead of a mm-hmm. pill that's kind of scary and was a vi- originally introduced to the market as a freaking chemotherapeutic drug. And now we give it to pimple-faced teens because we realized one of the side effects is that, oh, well this burns out the sebaceous gland. So we should mm-hmm. do that. It's like, okay, that's horrifying in so many ways and so freaking <laughs> yeah. wrong. At least you don't have to sign a, you know, book like packet Mm -hmm. um basically just signing your life away before you take it oh wait you do (laughs) but that's one thing too with when it comes to skincare and even just with just how we talk about the light and then skin and everything we've talked about now it's everything is so harsh when it comes to getting rid of skin issues um and even a lot of body issues i mean people are constantly like take this this is a harsh thing scrub this on your face like harsh 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 we'll get rid of it this way and a lot of it needs to be very gentle nourishing ways of doing it and that's something i found with my skin too and i think it's the same thing with you know the sun like they're making you afraid of the most natural thing right (laughs) and what (laughs) but then you're throwing off your circadian rhythm by looking at your blue light screens um not going out in sun and fresh air daily which is what we need um it's kind of crazy yeah and so just to be clear about what i was trying to get at before which again not advice but it's like wow if beef organs specifically liver could eventually provide similar side effects to the ones that accutane can except it's natural maybe i should give that a shot before i go try that i would recommend that for a month or two just to see what happens <laughs> the problem is we also do live in a very like i said a very um quick gratification society um people don't want to do that and i think you know i wasn't at the point my acne wasn't at the point that i could do accutane like my mom wouldn't let me she was like you don't have the cysts like i had a lot of spots but i didn't have cystic really Yeah, i've seen yours it's not like it was bad but it's just it It wasn't spotty it's not yeah it wasn't as awful as some of my cousins had to be on accutane and stuff like that and i mean i mine wasn't even at that point and i don't really blame people either for wanting to do the thing that has been told to them they're gonna it's gonna work absolutely, absolutely not mm-hmm. i mean I'm, my god you're thinking like wow 60 days this can go away i'm already mm-hmm. in so much psychological pain mm-hmm. sometimes physical pain depending on what oh, the person has especially if there's under the skin pustules yeah. um was that what this damn arm thing was because that was a very odd interaction <laughs> no, that, that was... we had as friends three weeks ago but oh yeah i was like oh, okay please never do that again but i can't help it if i see something i have to get it yeah what a odd friendship <laughs> um i That's need new how... friends yeah. i need new friends <laughs> Shut up. um yeah that was not a cyst that was just an interesting that was like an ingrown hair i don't even know what that was gross thank you yeah um okay cool so well there's no good way to transition with our conversations it's like Literally, how do, how no, do we, we just bounce we bounce we bounce it's fine right so i want to transition because it is technically a conversation overall that's mm-hmm. going to include light stuff and um i'd love to know just your thoughts this because i got to go in for a second mm-hmm. and I, I, one of the things that i wanted to get to 
is the whole oh i feel so good in the sun we've all heard mm-hmm. that tanning of beds are addictive you know mm-hmm. and i always like to explain this to people because i'm someone who is in the mental health space as many of you guys know and one of the things that is so underestimated is the benefits of light for mental health now why Absolutely. do we get addicted to tanning beds why does it feel so damn good and that if you're in a northern climate or i guess technically you could be far south as well when that time of year finally comes out and the sun is strong it's the first like 65 70 degree day but relative to what you've been through it feels perfect Mm -hmm. even today here was like what 66 and sunny it felt great oh oh yeah yeah it is the uva light which does not burn you or give you vitamin d Mm -hmm. okay it does not burn you or give you vitamin d it is the uva light that makes us feel that good because what uva does and this is really we're getting a little nerdy but it's pretty interesting stuff uva to keep this simple basically helps uh, make more of a protein called proapium melanocortin. Now, if you're a true biochemist, you're going to be like, okay, this is way too simple. Then fine. You can more than welcome to comment on this show and explain it a little more. I don't think people want the <laughs> actual biochemistry of proapium melanocortin. I don't even know if I could fully explain it at its highest degree. So not the point though. The point is UVA will help make more of this more or less mm-hmm. and parabia melanocortin is like this magic little thing because when it is there it actually helps as or acts as a precursor to some really important things such as serotonin which is going to mm-hmm. convert to melatonin at night such as beta endorphins uh dopamine um what is the other one i'm missing oh acth adrenocorticotropic releasing hormone which is going to convert to cortisol and you actually you want normal amounts of that you don't want low cortisol that's just as much of a problem as too high cortisol arguably even more so because it would imply that your HPA axis is, um, is all messed up. But that's the side point. The point is, this is why we feel so good. This stuff releases the beta endorphins. It releases the dopamine. And when you're tanning someone, it is not the uh, UVB that tans primarily. It's mostly UVA. So when you're in like a super tanner machine, like high pressure, they're called, they are isolating UVA. It's like 98 or 99% of the dang light mm-hmm. is doing that so you're getting way more uva than you ever should first of all which can be dangerous if you're isolating it like that but the other thing is of course you're going to feel good you literally are just having an abundance of dopamine and beta endorphins mm-hmm. i had to throw that in at some point i don't have anything else to no, add to that. i'm curious because you said so this this is specifically specifically <laughs> early morning light that you're talking about well uva light is going to correlate with general uv light because like, yes. the uvb which are the burning rays mm-hmm. uvb those aren't available before a certain point in the morning right if i'm correct so correct. you can lay like you could technically lay naked in those uva lights and yep. sunbathe and expose your eyes to the early morning light i've certainly and done it you won't get burned yes. but that's the other thing too is um when we were talking about light gentle exposure um early on like in the spring when it starts getting warm out and you want to do like gentle exposure and you know start with five minutes work up to 10 that is something you can absolutely do during that time period when the uva is higher than the uvb because the uvb comes in more around noon right well so there's two there's good questions because there's two parts there the uvb thing and people i need to like constantly say this because i even forget sometimes in the functional world i feel like it's well known and it's not Guys, you can't get vitamin D or burn unless the UVB is present. UVB actually comes from the sun in such minute amounts that it's only there in meaningful amounts mm-hmm. when the sun hits a certain angle over the horizon. Like this is how like little we're talking here, that the sun actually needs to be, it's 30 degrees specifically. It needs to be 30 degrees over the horizon mm-hmm. for UVB 
light to pass through the atmosphere in meaningful enough amounts to start producing something. And when we're talking 30 degrees, we're talking a UV, uh, UV index of three. It's mm-hmm. nothing. You know, the palest person can go on that for a little bit and be totally fine. They can probably do 30 minutes each side at least. Well, and you can see that on the D-Minder app because yes. there's a, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go on the D-Minder app, you can see the angle. It'll tell you as long as you put in your county properly and your state and everything, you can see what angle the sun is at. Like this morning I went out, What I was out from like 10, 30 to 1130 and the uv index was at three and i could lay like in a tank top and pants and just lay in there for like i probably laid for like 45 minutes sure. but i don't I didn't what did you say time. the uv index was today it was three when oh, i was oh, there i don't know why i thought you said 10 for a second i'm like what the oh, heck yeah. oh yeah where do you live i'm like <laughs> i thought we lived like 20 minutes away i'm like my uv index is not You're like, where, where were you yeah i need to get there yeah for sure <laughs> no but at that and it could have been higher later in the day but that's because it was early and if you go on the d minor app you'll see it says no d available until this time or Correct. d available for the next two hours and that's the problem um in today's world well sorry not today's world but like specifically this time of year for many people in the northern latitudes because after you go past the 37th parallel north because of the angle there is a time of year for some period of time that your area can get zero mm-hmm. meaningful amounts of UVB because the sun will never go 30 degrees over the horizon. So Ann and I live in Southeast Pennsylvania. I think we're at like the 40th latitude and from literally, we're going to lose it in about a week or two from mid to late November mm-hmm. to all the way to late January. There are, is no meaningful amount of uvb that gets through the light so you could be if you actually had the guts to go do this in the middle of december it's freezing cold and you're laying out butt naked on a sunny day at 12 o'clock in the afternoon you're not getting any vitamin d Mm -hmm. that's not how it works but didn't so you can talk about this a little bit too because i know you're very well versed in this Mm -hmm. but i know for a fact i think that if you get enough vitamin d during the summer months when it's really warm and you know the uv index is super high and the sun is hot um, it actually will store itself in your fatty tissue and it, you right. can, it'll kind of benefit your body into the winter months. So it yes. helps with depression. It helps with, you know, the, um, oh, what is it called? Seasonal, seasonal affective disorder. Seasonal affective disorder, seasonal depression, mm-hmm. mood swings, things like that, because it's still stabilized in, because it's a fat-soluble yeah. vitamin. Well, And so, yeah, really what you're getting at is, shouldn't we be able to produce enough vitamin D, or get enough vitamin D, I should say, in the summer to last us the winter? And the answer is yes, but. Because yes, but means for people like you and I, we're, what's your um, heritage? I'm Irish and Italian and German. Okay. I wouldn't have guessed the Italian part. That's interesting. Nonetheless, <laughs> yeah. a Northern European type of thing. I'm Polish and French. We're on a very similar, even though we're you know across the world, we're on a very similar latitude to where our ancestors were from. Mm-hmm. So we are designed for actually this cycle that happens. That's why, I mean, it's only been what, like four weeks since the days weren't even nice and we still get a nice day. And you and I rapidly lose that tan to our skin it is doing that as a defense mechanism the body is recognizing oh wait a second there's not enough of this anymore so i'm going to take the melanin Mm -hmm. it doesn't speak like this obviously i'm going to take the melanin from this person's skin because they don't need to be protected right now Mm -hmm. we actually want to get as much of this as possible Mm -hmm. and then yeah by the time we're in midwinter i mean you and i get pretty darn white and that's what's going to happen even Mm -hmm. though i spend all summer outside so then of course spring comes and we're able to adjust and get tanned for that. So, mm-hmm. yes, in theory, in a perfect world, someone should be able to maintain their vitamin D status at least uh, good enough 
in the winter, there's so many issues here. One, so many people are not getting outside. They have no idea what their vitamin D levels are. No, even in the summer, I feel right. like a lot of people, unless you're going to the beach or you're, you know, actively walking around outside and really laying out and spending that time. I mean, when I was 18, I had a job that I didn't have to go in until nighttime. Yeah. So I would go to work at like four o'clock for my shift, but I would lay out all day and I had such a deep tan and it was the best it was probably the best winter I had afterwards hmm. because I was just so, I had so much vitamin D in my system. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, what was I going to add to that? Oh, yeah, and like people get more scared when the sun's out, so sometimes it's actually counterproductive. Mm-hmm. Florida is one of the most vitamin D deficient states. Now, I do think at least some of that probably has to do with, I, I feel like in general they have is an older... really? Yes. No way. I feel like in general they have an older population. Mm-hmm. So those people are probably even more scared. But number two is just the fact that it's so hot that you don't even think about going out without Mm -mm. the uh, sunscreen on and stuff like that. So they're never getting enough of it. Um, What was the other thing? Pick me up. I can't think of it. What we were talking about before. Yeah, just keep going with something. Oh, I'm well, not editing this out. Just I mean, going. like, should we go to Florida? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Miami. I would love that. But if. I mean, it's kind of crazy how many people do you feel like if you were actively really focusing on, you know, being out in the sun, getting your dose of the day, Mm -hmm. do you feel like more people would be able to go outside in that heat and not burn? Really? Uh, I mean, I feel like that that's kind of the whole process is you you start with slow you start with slow exposure and i do get that it can be too hot to really your body starts overheating but i think if you got up early enough and you were still doing your exposure i think it'd be fine right our body responds and adapts to these environmental signals the problem is now whether it's december or june or october or whatever you have people that are living in the same temperature year round. We're in a monitored temperature room right now, right? It's probably about 70 degrees. It's going to be 70 degrees even in June. It's going, what are we talking? Maybe plus or minus two degree. Yes. That, that's, and Fahrenheit for international listeners. But that's all it is. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a problem because we never even get built. That was the other thing I noticed. That's really interesting that you said that because I don't, it's not technically about light, but my heat tolerance was insane. Okay. In the summer when I did the camping stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would like for hours and I just like, I love doing this stuff on myself just to see what happened. I'd be like, I wouldn't drink water. And I, I'm not saying I'm being stupid with it. I'm just, when does my body give out? When does my body burn? Mm-hmm. Because we have these perceived limits that are sometimes very false. Mm-hmm. And I would just notice, I'm like, dude, you're going like crazy and still doing totally fine for hours well, and, and no problem. Well, and I thought it would be a stupid question because I feel like, okay, how would the way that the light affects your skin affect your heat tolerance but i do feel like people that live in hotter climates can tolerate it better because they're used to the climate well it's not a stupid question because a lot of it has to do with the mitochondria Mm -hmm. and this is the okay the mitochondria are the exact same reason that you watched me start doing the cold exposure stuff last year Mm -hmm. Um, oh that's right i mean i tried it out but like for real i started doing it. i was like i'm committed to this and in summer of the place that we're recording this right now he offers a wide variety of things and he does ice baths and i came over 90 degree day literally 90 degree day and they have it outside even but really? my bo- yes and they had just done this you know each of them got in and they do ice baths that are sub 40 all the time i mean they've done as high as like 20 degrees and people are like, oh it's so stupid to me when someone says that's not possible if the water is moving yes it can be below 32 degrees and mm-hmm. it doesn't freeze my friends so that's not what i'm getting at but so people think that it, there's oh, it's remarkable <laughs> um <laughs> okay like a river oh can't pee there's 32 degrees everything just in Instantly freezes, and there is a temperature where instant freezing happens, but I don't know that offhand. Well, I also think it's a there's a difference between 
a smaller body of water and then an actual live sure. river or creek that's moving at a certain speed. You know, I got to look this up. What temperature does water freeze automatically? Okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, wow. I would have looked so cool because I knew I thought it was negative 40 because I've looked this up before and it is negative 40 Fahrenheit. That's like when um they have videos of this, I think, from people in Canada where you guys can look this up. It's actually really interesting. But someone will be like in a, a building or whatever and they'll take a bucket of water or a, mm-hmm. a water bottle and they'll throw it out into the air and you watch before it hits the ground it literally just turns to these ice shards but it's instant there's going to be some point that it's instant. hello <laughs> keep going i am we going. keep we keep losing our audio everyone sorry it's all right we're very sensitive we're very conversational podcast yeah well i don't know i mean i'm already feeling sad that the sun is not around as much anymore here i'm trying to go to florida i know you're you're always go Uh, yeah i'm I'm not i can't hang like you in florida but you know i'm there for a room i'm there to. okay i don't do anything i've never even been to the party oh you would be up all night in miami you got that enfp energy we're in the personality type stuff we actually had someone on that did this before so it's not that weird yeah someone did the enneagram oh stop Um, yeah renee bergman she's pretty cool and she typed me live on the thing and it was kind of awkward actually so i'm really glad that we did that fantastic oh great awesome yeah see so i don't know about that stuff so i just let you handle that part and then i just kind of go with whatever you say if if for some chance someone out there knows about the myers-briggs system anna is the enfp if you actually had a dictionary or 16personalities.com they put up a picture of her see i need to read i need to read my my stuff then because like i have no idea i mean you tell me things and i'll be like okay i get it but i don't really know about it but a lot of people know about myers-briggs absolutely yeah yeah like enough and then of course i got to take it to the weird level where i'm like oh here's your cognitive functions and is it in your bio um no i would never do that i think it's probably well I'll actually ignore is, that part. Is it in your bio? Is it, it is not in my bio. I may have used a niche dating app for this. And mm-hmm. this niche dating app has served me quite well with the person I'm talking to. So, you know what? You guys can all laugh. So, yes, it was in my bio. It was not only in my bio. It was an essential part of this I was going to say, I'm pretty sure that I remember you saying that you had put it in your bio. So, <laughs> well, the, well, I had to... The app is it's even worse than that. The app's premise is the types. So, when it's not in your bio. It's forced in. So Wait. When, what app is this? It's called Boo. <laughs> <laughs> With the little ghosts on it. <laughs> oh, like your boo. Like it, you're finding your boo. Well, that can go one of two ways, right? Because it could be the boo like that. But I also was worried about, um, I'm not good with pop culture, but from what I've heard, the kids call it ghosting nowadays where they just stop answering each other. And I did think it was a little horrifying that the icon was indeed a ghost. Are you familiar with ghosting, as the kids say? Yes. I mean, okay. I feel like you're has, more we've hip. all ghosted somebody at this point. Um... I feel like you wouldn't. I feel like you'd be like, you know what? I'm sorry. This just isn't working for me. Yeah, I'm not like a ghoster. Um, I even apologized to the other people on the app once I met this person. I was like, I'm so sorry, but the boo app's great. That is the most you thing I've ever heard. I was like, I am not the ghost icon. Okay, this is definitely not. It's fine. Next topic, please. Well, we're almost actually wrapped up. So, all right. How about this? I definitely want to finalize some stuff. I know that you got some cool things that you do. Where can... I? Anne's like more coming on to be just kind, to talk, to have fun. We like doing yeah. this kind of stuff. But still, you do offer things to people. So where can people I find do. you? What's a good place to follow? Follow me. Um, so I do have an Instagram page. I am revamping my... It's called Anne's Plants. Mm-hmm. Um, I am revamping my stuff a little bit. I do natural skincare and um, I try to post stuff on there. But I've been taking a break as all I do is work. I work two jobs. So that's fun. But um, you can find me... 
Um, no, three was another time. Oh. <laughs> I I had to drop one, you know. Heard that. Heard We're that. getting a little tired. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so um, you can follow me on there. Um, that's pretty much my only thing that I really am on. I'm not on. Yeah, it's all good. Much. Can people order your stuff or no? Is that like not available? In December, we'll be back. Oh, January. baby. All right. Yeah, so um, that's what I mean by revamping. I'm hoping my birthday is December 6th. So I'm hoping to relaunch my stuff on my birthday. Cool. Um, yeah, so it's exciting very nice yes all right um so if you guys like these more conversational style podcasts let me i mean there's not a whole lot i can do about that immediately but i think this is kind of cool this is fun i think yeah i like it you know because we do structure normally and it is effective and people like it no doubt about it but it is kind of interesting because so many random things were covered that i feel like we actually got to more information although it admittedly was kind of scattered so some people like that i like both i can listen to either type of podcast yeah i'll listen to like a three hour what's more or less a monologue of this person talking and then i love a good conversation as well so i do have to ask you this signature question that we ask people on the health detective podcast Ooh, okay, I'm ready. I, you're not getting away without that i didn't know that this was a thing i'm ready no well, that's the whole point but i'll tell you oh. so the signature question on the health detective podcast is oh God. if i were to give anna a magic wand and i could get you to or sorry you could get every single person in this world to do one thing for their health or not do one thing what is the one thing you'd get them to do okay hold on let me think for one second mm-hmm. if i could wave a magic wand and get everybody to do one thing for their health what would i do that was like um very similar to what like kids do when they don't know the answer to the question right i'm going to repeat it out loud just to make sure we well, i want to make sure I'm that I know. With you. Yes. I know yes that is the you question know. okay okay um oh gosh i feel like it's so stupid to say but drink water i feel like people don't drink water no nope, that's actually and when people come to me and i ask them you know we're doing their skin consultation and everything i'm always like all right like um what what are you doing like with fluid wise you drinking water they're like no so I'm like, okay, well, that is the number. And then they tell me about how wrinkled and dehydrated their skin is. And I'm just like, okay. I think that... Oh, can I do another one, too? By all means. Okay. I think... Do you know the whole, like, earthing, grounding thing? Yes. And being in nature? That. That works for anxiety, depression. At least for me, it worked for both of those things. And I know that that's something that kind of everyone struggles with doing the grounding stuff going out into nature barefoot and just like standing in grass or whatever just getting your feet on the earth it's so important there's so many people here that believe in that and well i mean you don't have to believe in it it is science like there is benefits to it yeah but i think it's so cool that i don't know this will be episode 91 or 92 and in those episodes not one person has answered with that one although one or two have answered with the water thing so thanks for bringing us something unique and thanks for being a part of our first live podcast oh i'm excited that we got to do this because it's fun thanks for tuning in to the health detective podcast if you are ready to finally work with a real health detective on your health journey so that you can get well and stay well naturally visit us at fdmthrive.com and click the get started here button